Welcome to the Battle Ready Podcast. My name is Aaron McManus, and I am here with my father. Hi, I'm Erwin McManus, and I am Aaron's father. <laughs> and together, we do this podcast every Tuesday and Friday. We like to break down life, politics, sports, family, and ideas. two times a week is killing me. Two times a week is killing you. Man, Friday, I was just getting in the rhythm of Fridays, and you have to add Tuesday, you yeah. overachieving we're, child. <laughs> we're going to keep, we're going to keep, I'm full grown. We're going to keep doing these twice a week. I think they're special. I like it. And um, and it's. It, I think it's good for us to connect with people. And this so. is why my son is the firstborn, and I'm a secondborn. I'm, I'm chilling to get to the Friday. He's trying to push the two days. He'd go five if I would let him. Well, usually we try <laughs> to do, usually we try to answer a few emails, but... I don't have my computer on me because I have my cousin Taylor is in is in town and I took him to 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 go see some of LA and so I don't have my computer. Tell the on truth, me. you saw Tenant for the second time in two weeks. I did see Tenant for the second time in two weeks. Um and it was a nice little breather. The second time so much better. Second time so much more. Um you can understand so much more. So shout out to Orange County for uh, having a part of uh what we would call Radio Free America. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> their theaters are open, and it was nice, and it was awesome. So we are here, and we are going to talk about a few different things today. Yeah, but I have a topic I want to talk about. What would you like to talk about? So we were on this TV show. Okay. And you were wearing a particular hat. I was. And the hat said Pagan on it. I was wearing the shirt, actually. Oh, you were wearing was, the shirt. It was, over, it was over the quarantine when I got in trouble for so it. So you had a shirt called that said Pagan on it. Yes. And then you were... Um, Politely asked to please change shirts because on the Christian show, they could not have the word pagan on your shirt, that it was offensive. Right. Um, yeah, that was a thing. And, you know, the guys who told me, I love them. So They're great. And they might listen to this. But but it did happen. It you, did happen. So And now you're wearing a hat that says Pagan USA. I've, I've worn a lot of hats that have said Pagan USA over the last couple weeks, maybe, the last couple episodes. So talk to me about what Pagan is, why you, you are wearing the gear, and why you started Pagan. Okay. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, Just dive right into it. Well, first, why Pagan? Why the name? Pagan is a brand that we're starting, and my one of my best friends... Two of my best friends, starting it, there's three of us. And we started it two years ago in our garage, and it was kind of just this idea. We could create like a surf brand, and then it's kind of evolved, and then we kind of brought in Moto, and then we got rid of Moto because none of us were really riding motorcycles anymore. And then we brought <laughs> in, we should do skate, and we've kind of brought all these different elements into what this brand will look like and kind of just been talking about it the last two years release something right before quarantine happened in the beginning of 2020. <laughs> Perfect timing. Perfect timing. I guess it was May, so it wasn't right in the beginning. And then everything broke out with um, the Black Lives Matter movement, and I felt that in that time it would be um, insensitive for us to launch something new that took away from talking about real things. Mm -hmm. So we took a break, and now we've been back at it. And we're kind of building the teams. It seems like you're really going at it now. We're really going at it now. And I guess, so Pagan and why Pagan? So where, where's the name come from? Matt Pagan. It's his last name. And I remember when I first He's met him. He's one of the three guys. One of the three guys, one of the partners. Times. And and his last name is Pagan. And so when we, I remember just bugging him going, man, you guys are a brand called Pagan. Like that's such a sick brand. Like it, no one would, no one would ever guess that one that you love God, but two, that it's just like a normal surf, skate, whatever. So as as it's developed, it kind of started as a joke. It kind of started as like a dream. And now we're building it slowly. And by no means are we anything yet. But, you know, 2021, I think, will be much stronger. And So Matt's background is that he was a pro a surfer. Pro surfer. Yeah. Now he works with us at Mosaic and is awesome. He still surfs incredibly well. And he taught me how to surf. And not your your surfer. I yeah, but it's different kind. Well, what's the what's I, the highest wave you've ever caught? You think the biggest? biggest I don't wave. know. I mean, there the, we have footage of me on a big one, maybe eight to ten feet. Eight to wow. But I fell like I fell pretty hard. <laughs> but it was also awesome. So you didn't catch that wave. The wave caught you. <laughs> no, I caught it. I caught it. I have video of it. But it was it was interesting. So anyway, so so he is also shaping surfboards. So he shapes surfboards. Um, we're making some clothing. We're going to do some ready-to-wear. So essentially, the, the whole idea of it is to create a brand, a label, 
behind his name, using his name. And the idea behind the brand is that we really want to create a, a space where young people could buy, whether it's skating kind of apparel or surf apparel or just like great clothing, mm-hmm. whether it's classic pants or a dress shirt or whatever, a t-shirt with a logo on it or a hat or even a surfboard, but without it ha- having to be conglomerate owned. Mm-hmm. And most of the surf brands, skate brands are owned by these huge companies. And I'm not even against them. I just really wanted to give young people a, like the opportunity to buy something that was local, buy something that was made in USA, made in Los Angeles. And so that's been something like we're really building on, which is kind of cool. So that's well, I, lo- I love that. it. And I'm really excited about it. And you did not want to do this episode. No. But I wanted to do it because I think it's it's an it's an I can't interesting sit story still either by the in way in so many different ways. First of all, okay. I remember when I met the whole pagan family and they did not uh, know Jesus. Yeah, that so was they fun. would all qualify what the modern language of pagan would be. That they were all good pagans, and and one 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 by one, these pagans became followers of Jesus, which is yeah. kind of awesome. And I think about forty years ago, right? I did some research on the word pagan, and I always thought it was interesting because I, I wondered how did the word Pagan become the word pagan, right? You know, yeah. you know, what's what's the the history or etymology of a word? And what's fascinating me is that the word pagan actually means country dweller, someone who lives in the country. And but if you Google it, that's not what comes up. It is. That's the original etymology. No, it isn't. What what originally comes up is not that. You I'm, have found that, but how, can you help us understand how you got to I'm that? I'm telling you, no. If you no, go I'm going to Google it right now. I'm going to Google it right now. All right, look pagan, at this. Here we are having a, a person holding religious beliefs or. Other yes. than those of the main world religions. And that's what the word was transformed into. Let me give you the story, the backstory. Okay, but so where, where, where? I'll find it in a minute. First, I'm going to tell you the, the backstory. So I'm going to be the source. And, uh, um, and then we'll go back and find it. Um, the word pagan originally was country dweller, a person who lived outside of the city. Okay, and where what, do you know that from? From historical research. Okay, go, more than okay. just... No, let me just give you the whole background. So what happened is, after Jesus was crucified, buried, and raised from the dead, okay, the movement of Christianity, the movement of Jesus, spread from city to city. That's okay. why you have books like Corinthians and Galatians and okay. Ephesians and Romans, because it moved to the city of Ephesus, the city of Corinth, the city of Galatia, the city of Rome. Okay. And so as the movement of Jesus moved from city to city, it literally transformed cities, even to where the entire Roman Empire that was completely, quote, pagan, actually became uh, converted to the message of Jesus, to where eventually Constantine, who was the king, the last, in a sense, king of that Roman Empire, uh, became a Christian and was, and was baptized and had all of his armies baptized. So what happened was the last people to actually come to faith were the ones who lived in the country because it was too dangerous to live in the city because in the cities is where you became a follower of Jesus. So I would always have the scenario in my head how now parents are so afraid of their kids going to the cities. Like all these Christian kids grew up in the suburbs, these Christian kids grew up in the country, and their parents are terrified they're going to go to New York or Los Angeles or San Francisco, keep your kid away from the city or they're going to lose their faith. But 2,000 years ago, it was the opposite. Don't let your kid go to the city or they're going to actually believe in Jesus. Don't let your kids go to the city because they're going to uh, find a faith. Yeah. So the pagans were the outsiders. But I thought, here's how a word transforms, and now I'm going to find it in a second, and you're going to talk. So this word is transformed from country dweller to a person who is a heathen, who okay. does not believe in God, okay. who uh, uh, eventually was seen as a person who either did not believe in Judaism, Christianity, or Islam, one of the three big religions. Right. You're an outsider, you're a pagan. And what I thought was so awesome is that this is a family name of the pagan pagan family. Right. And you have to reclaim your name. Okay. Names take on meaning based on the time in which they exist. And a, and a word can actually change its meaning hmm. from country dweller to heathen. Wow. So why can't you and Matt and Eric and your team transform the word pagan to a person who comes from the outside and actually has so much courage and faith that it transforms its generation? Well, as a commercial, if I've ever heard one. All right, now um, you talk, I don't need to and, sell I'm, it. and I'm going to find. Uh, you did. You sent it to me. You sent it. I did. Don't no Siri right now. No All right. Siri. But I did send it to you. No Siri. We're on. We're on air. We're on air right now. No, no okay. Siri. You did send it to me, but but you're I, still resisting. No, it. I just I don't I don't want you know. It's like when people quote science, like that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you gotta quote research. 
to quote someone who wrote something, who and, studied something. And the reason you're having a hard time finding the original meaning is because the word pagan became so defined by a person who does not and does not believe or an outsider um, or a person who's a heathen or irreligious. Oh, okay, so that it lost so its we, original meaning. So can we so, straight? Okay, so until you find it, don't. Yeah, let's let's hold on until you find it. Um, here it is. Where? Okay, I'm on. Um, Did you have to go to Google Page Six? www.dictionary.com. How more straightforward can that be? All right, pagan definition Touché. of the word pagan at dictionary.com. How has the meaning of the word pagan changed? Here it is. Pagan comes from a Latin word, paganos, meaning villager, rustic, civilian, and itself comes from a pagus, which refers to a small unit of land in a rural district. It was a demeaning Latin term, like the word hick, that originally oh. lacked a religious significance. So the word meant outsider, and it was given a religious meaning of unbeliever. So I'm challenging you, challenging you guys as you build your brand pagan to redefine the name. No, I agree. I, I agree with everything you're saying. And I know that because you've, you've <laughs> kind of raised me on, the, on understanding that idea, and you've used that in your messages before. And then when I met Matt, it kind mm -hmm. of just made sense. And as we build it, it's kind of something that we're really figuring out what the identity is, what the identity is, what exactly we're going to you know, what our look is, what the vibe is, but I do know that it's exciting and we're really looking forward to building it and, and getting it on kids and people all over the world. And I talk a lot about, I guess, the youth for the youth, but, you know, we really are trying to keep it affordable and that's hard to do when you make things in the U.S., but mm -hmm. we're figuring it out and it's actually been a lot of fun and a lot of headaches. And yeah, so it's, it's been good. But yeah, to, to, see, to see, so you can go to PeggyUSA.com. So can I talk to you a little bit about the experience of starting something from scratch. Oh my gosh, sure, but because I'm stressed. I think there's there are people listening who would love to take an idea yeah. and um, turn it into a reality. Okay. Right now, you guys are carrying this whole thing on your own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. We all we have three different roles, and and the reason, and I think initially it was it was me and Matt. I think it was me saying Matt, you got to do this, and then Matt was like, okay, let's do this, and then I was like, I can't do this just me and you. We need more people. And we're quite busy. We work for you. And I think that's why it's maybe taken so long, not because of you, but because we've been focused on other things at the, sure. at the time. And then we brought in Eric because he's incredible with finances, incredible looking at budgets, looking at scale, looking at mm -hmm. contracts, making things legally sound and financially <laughs> stable. And so we've, we all kind of have a different part to play in the puzzle and the relationship but yeah, no, it, 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 I was talking to a friend actually, um, Joshua Rhodes, who is a designer and has his own brand called The Last Adam. And I would actually love for him to come on here because um, I think it'd be fun to talk to him about this too. Mm -hmm. But I was, you know, I was like, hey, can I just take you to lunch and just bug you with questions? Because I genuinely don't know the answers to like, how much should I spend in the first year? Have I spent too much? Have I spent too little? What I'm spending isn't getting me what I want. How do I get to where we want to be? And and he was he's like a year and a half, two years ahead of us. Where he's been doing his brand, The Last Adam, and he's their designer. And also, I'm not a true designer. I'm more of like a producer or an editor or like a creative director. Mm -hmm. So, graphic design isn't my thing. Physical clothes design is, and that we've been working on that. But um, we have great people, and I I think how do, what was the question again? How do you start something from nothing? Well, I don't you've, know. you've already given me two principles. Okay, two principles. And and that's why I, I listen to stories very carefully. Okay. Your first principle was yes. it's more important than having a good idea is having good people. Yes. Because you began the story by talking about how you pulled together Matt and then you pulled together Eric and how you guys have formed a team together. Right. So even before the, the ideas were really clear, you were you already knew the kind of people you wanted to do life with to build this vision with? Yeah, I think I think a lot of it has to do with, I'm someone who very much, I, I hate to use the Enneagram or the Berkman or the Strength Fighters, but I'm someone who like, I have a smaller circle of people in life. I don't need a ton of people in mm -hmm. life, but those 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 people I want to use and access and and enable and empower and 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 create with. And so if, if doing this, I remember when Matt and I started, I was like, I need Eric because Eric balances me out because mm -hmm. I'm kind of, 
I can get really into something and then I can just forget about it two seconds later mm -hmm. and be on to the next thing and don't care about the last thing. And mm -hmm. Eric keeps me like, okay, remember, we committed to doing this. This is what we wrote, we wrote down on paper. And, and Matt's just like, Matt is the brand. Matt, Matt shapes the surfboards. He is the one with the culture and the, and the context and so many of the surf world and the skate world. And, and I love the and, fact that you wanted to build his story. Yeah, of course. Which is a, very much like you. You love building I other love, people's stories. I love building other people's stories. And I think that's super important. I was actually talking about this at dinner yesterday with someone who was, who kind of shared with me that in the past they've built other people and that they didn't really see the, they saw the fruit of that season mm -hmm. and the labor in that person's life. Mm -hmm. But they didn't necessarily see it in their life. If anything, they took a back seat to that. Mm. And to that other person's life, and 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 without sharing too too much, and and I thought it, I was like, oh, this is so interesting because this is where I work great in relationships. I do genuinely when I care about someone a lot, and I can see it, and I can't see it with everyone, but when I can see it with certain people, I want to genuinely build their life beyond what um what I think maybe they're living, or just even like I see an idea and I'm like, cool, like I use the same guy to shoot almost everything that I've ever done at Mosaic. <laughs> And any any of the things that I'm a part of is always John Thomas Benson. He's always, you know, he's he's always in the video. He's always in the conference thing. He's he's always in the photos. I think photos. he's what you look like in your imagination. In my imagination, <laughs> yeah. But also, he's just one of those guys where I'm like, whenever I'm around, yeah. we just he inspires and we do cool stuff together. Okay. And so I think that's kind of like with Matt and with Eric and these guys. It's like, how do you build a team? You build a team of people you want to be around. Okay. So so far, you give me three or four ideas that I think need to be highlighted. The, the first one was. Um, you, you actually began building it on Matt's story, not your story, that find something that's bigger than you and, uh, and build something that's bigger than you as a person. And the second thing is find the right people, people you want to do life with, not just to work with. I agree. Uh, I, yeah. So it's to give us the third one. My third one is find people who compliment you, uh, people who do things that you don't do well. They, they, they basically make your weaknesses irrelevant. Right. But here's the thing, and this is why I think this would be an interesting conversation, because you're, you're, building, you're building a new project as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny because, you know, I'm talking to Joshua Rhodes. I obviously have, like, past— oh, that's the other one. There's a fourth principle before you go there. Because when you said you talked to Joshua, you said, you're not a designer. He's good at this. He's good at this. He's good at this. You, you've been going around— and interviewing people who are better than you at different aspects of what yeah, the company being requires. Curious. Yeah, being curious. You make yourself smarter by getting around smart people. Yeah. And I would say that'd be the fourth, fourth principle that you've highlighted is get smarter by being around smart people. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you, like I, one, one question I asked uh, Rhodes um, was how much money have you spent? Like if you don't ask me, mind me asking like how, how in, how much in are you a year and a half, two years later? And... And maybe I just said the last, I said maybe the last year, like the last, mm -hmm. like give me like, what was 12 months of investment? And he gave me a number and I was a little bit over that just in my head. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. So I'm like kind of on par with someone who's starting something at the same level, mm -hmm. meaning the same level, like the same demographic. We're mm -hmm. different demographics who would wear his clothes versus our clothes, I think. But like, you know, t-shirts, hoodies, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, no, I think something, and like by no means, if you're, if you're Googling, Googling this right now, PaganUSA.com, it's not that impressive. We just have a few pieces out. I think we've released five or six different things. Most of my f friends don't wear it yet. We don't wear it yet. We're, I'm wearing this hat that we just developed. I wore a hoodie that we just developed and we just released, but we're like getting there, you know, and, and mm -hmm. as we're having these conversations, like what would we want to wear? I designed a shirt this last week. I designed it, which is kind of funny. That's but, awesome. And, and I sent it to you and I sent it to Matt and I sent it to Eric and all three of you had the same response. That's really heavy. <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> if that can work on a t-shirt. And it has this word on it, and I'm not gonna say because we may or may not drop it. But, but it, you were like, why, why this word? Why does it have to say that? It already says pagan. Why does it have to say another word that makes it more difficult to buy? And I've kind of just tested it out. Like people who from the Battle Ready podcast mm -hmm. who've been like, hey, I've been supporting pagan and bought a hat. Um, you know, like I'm gonna get flack for it. Like everyone who buys it says this. I'm gonna get in trouble probably for like wearing it, but like. I'm so pumped I'm wearing it. And I'm like, that's that's the funny thing about it is that like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that people would judge the words so, so much. Yeah. But yeah. I've been sending this other T-shirt out to people being like, what do you think? And they're like, I'm going to buy that too, like 100%. Yeah, but you like creating a juxt juxtaposition. I love juxtaposition. You you love creating a, uh, choosing a word 
that is normally offensive and turning it into something that becomes incredibly positive. You you love taking dark things and putting light in the middle of it. And I like some light things and making putting some dark in it too. <laughs> um, I think, and I think one of our producers is putting a fist up in the air. And what I mean by that is, is I think sometimes we live very safe, suburban, complacent lives in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, I think he would, in his own name, he would be bored of us. And we look at the life of Jesus, or we look at the life of so many people who died in in Jesus's name or in the mission of, you know, building the church. Um, They were so unafraid, or maybe they were afraid, but they just lived unafraid. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, you choosing this word, I knew I didn't want to use Bible verses. Mm -hmm. I knew I didn't want to use super Christian language because one, like as a pastor, there's only so many things I can do that is like the church. Like I would love, you got to create spaces where you can just meet people. Yeah. You know, we want kids that are that are skating the, the Venice Bowl skate park to wear the clothing and never wonder. Yeah. You know, we, we, we want kids though to who know our story to go like, it's actually pretty cool because it's a pastor and it's kind of dark, but it's also really beautiful clothing and it's also like, fits really good and it, and it's not too expensive and I'm going to if I'm going to go and buy a dress shirt I'm going to go buy it from Pagan I'm going to buy a t-shirt I'm going to buy it from Pagan um I want to get to that level of a place I want it to be I want it to be so accessible I I just I mean without over spiritualizing um I was thinking about how when Jesus talked about how you leave the 99 sheep to go after the one yeah and how it's interesting that the word Pagan was actually a description of the one right and I and I know you and you're a person where the one actually matters, like the last one matters. It does. It does. And I, so I, th- I think it fits your brand that is called Pagan because it's a reminder that the last one matters. And, it, no, I think, you know. Yeah, you give me more inspiration on my brand, me and Matt, more inspiration on our brand than I think anyone else. I'm excited. I just want and, you, I, I just no, think, I think it's it, really cool. I love the fact that you're risking again. Well, I want to I want to speak risking again. Did I stop risking? <laughs> All right. Did I stop risking? That's another podcast. <laughs> um, I disagree with your first statement. Okay, which one? You don't need to build something bigger than yourself. You need to build yourself bigger. And mm. yeah. Okay. Unwrap that because there's been seasons in my life where I wasn't big enough to do a brand, and not big enough meaning famous enough, but I think big enough meaning I didn't have the ideological imaginative weight that I do now. I needed to learn. I needed to be taken through the process. I needed to watch. I needed to be like a fly on the wall for 10 years, 15 years to really learn. And now we're here. And I love when people discredit us because, oh, well, you should stay in your lane or you should, you know, just be these people. And and I more and more just never want to be what people expect me to be. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, no, I like that. I mean, I, I mean, when I say build something bigger than yourself, what I mean is that, um, and maybe I'm looking at the way that you love taking things that are out, even outside of you and, and building into them and making it bigger and bigger. But I do like that, that concept of making yourself bigger, like, like growing and getting deeper and developing a, a density to your, to your story, to your brand. Yeah, and and it's and that I I really like that. I don't I don't mind being corrected there, and because, well, yeah, no, I think it's really important. It's I really don't bad. mean I don't. And it wasn't saying correcting. I'm just saying I disagree. <laughs> um, but I remember I remember I like for a brief moment you would put me in an acting class, and I was a film major, and I wanted to learn all about like mm-hmm. behind the camera, in front of the camera. So I was doing an acting class in LA, and I remember sitting down with the coach, and the coach was like, "You have." A hard time going there emotionally because mm-hmm. your life is not effed up enough. And he, this guy is not, you know, this this he's just a normal guy, right? And he just starts like cussing at me, which is funny and, and funny because it was true, and it was interesting. And I don't know if it was like a subconscious thing or maybe that it was a self-destructive like speak like statement to me, but it but like kind of everything hard that happened in my life happened after, like all of like a lot of the harder stuff happened mm-hmm. afterwards, like the you know the big moments in my life. And and I look back at it and I go, you know what? It wasn't that I wasn't messed up enough. It was that I couldn't pretend to be messed up. 
And so I look back and I was like, okay, there's, there's, there's places in our lives where you will go through things and there's places in your lives where you'll want to be someone that needs to have gone through things and you haven't gone through things yet. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so I was at the beginning of a journey trying to do something that I wanted, that trying to be someone at the end of my journey and I wasn't able to access that. And now I'm kind of someone who's going, okay, I'm in the middle of my journey and I'm looking back going, wow, like it wasn't that I wasn't messed up enough. It was that genuinely like I couldn't figure out how to like, I didn't know enough about the world yet. That was really what it was. It wasn't, it wasn't the destruction. It was actually like the, the, the wisdom and the knowledge and the depth. I wasn't, I, I didn't have the depth. And so looking back at it now and then starting this, this brand, I think a lot of it is having these conversations internally of like, if you look at anything that we're building, can you take a layer away and actually think about what it says and what it means and why we do what we do? And I, and, and even like we've released a thing that I don't think anyone understands, like this construct deconstruct, like it mm-hmm. says it on the hoodie and it says Pagan USA, you know, his dad was a construction worker. He owns a construction company. And I just thought it would be such an interesting idea to bring like a mo- a modern take on construction company. That this idea that we everyone is constructing something in our lives and everyone is deconstructing things mm-hmm. in their life. That it was a metaphorical take on a construction um, perspective that, you know, his dad builds houses, builds teams, builds people, roofs, put roofs over people's heads, and we're clothing people. We're building things around people. We're building armor around people. We're having a, a maybe an ideological conversation that no one understands yet because we haven't done the, the greatest job telling the story, but we will. Um, I think that's interesting to me. That's interesting because I'm like, okay, so I've lived some life now. So how do we tell some stories about the lives we've lived through the clothing we're making? And maybe I'm thinking too much about it. No, actually what comes to mind is you need to make yourself big enough to have room for others. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think that's the thing is that your life has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And because of that, you have enough self-confidence to have room for other people in your life. Do I? <laughs> on Tuesdays. I, on Tuesdays. <laughs> on Tuesdays and Fridays, there's enough self-confidence. But I do think, I want to talk about this. I think whenever you start something, whenever you build something, like I like this idea of of how do you build up other people? Mm-hmm. Um, what point do we build up ourselves? You know, because I think even people in the church or people in a business setting, you know, we're hired on to build other people. We're hired on to build a product that ultimately builds someone else's wealth. Mm-hmm. And then, or we go and we're the crazy ones and we take a risk and we do it on our own and we fail probably 99% of the time. And then that 1% can become so incredibly successful. Like, when do you know when it's time to build yourself? Well, I think you should always be uh, investing in yourself. Okay. And the greatest investment you'll ever make is in your own growth, learning. And, and when there's more of you, there's more of you to give to others. Right. And so I think a mistake, I remember years ago, I talked to this, you know, so many actors here in LA and talked to this guy who saying he was going to be an actor and, you know, that he was an actor and that was his only passion. And so I asked him, I said, um, so what days do you go to acting classes? He goes, oh, I don't go to acting classes. I can't afford them. And I said, well, then you aren't serious about becoming an actor. And because if you're serious about something, you'll invest in yourself and you'll pay the price to grow. And I thought about even like your sister, you know, who has been uh, singing for years and has been has taken vocal classes for years and years and years, ever since she was young. And she would go to other people who were not as talented as her and say, hey, you need to, you know, take some voice lessons and let me recommend this voice coach. And, and people would be insulted. How dare you tell me I need to take voice lessons? And Mariah would come to me and say, why are they insulted when I take voice lessons and I'm the one leading this team. Yeah, it is. It, she did one. She created an incredible culture because mm-hmm. now it's a standard. If you're going to be on yeah. the team, you're going to go to voice lessons. Yeah. And she also is incredibly humble. I don't ever think she leads with it. Like, hey, I do voice lessons. You should too. Yeah, you wouldn't know. No, you wouldn't know. But she she practiced, you know, her, her voice coach is like her trainer. It's your yeah. trainer. If you, if you look at that muscle, look at it as a muscle, you yep. don't just stop going to the gym once you have muscles. Like you got to keep going to keep them. So Mariah goes to to keep staying strong in her in her voice, but I but I I agree with what you're saying. You want to finish? You want to finish? No, no. I think I just think those are like examples when you're saying when do you build yourself? I'm going. You should always be building yourself. Yeah, building into yourself. Into yourself into and, your, and investing in yourself. Like I mean, for years I've 
gone to TED. And for probably 20 years, I've been a member of TED and I took a couple of years off here, but it's a really expensive um, enterprise. But for me, that investment in myself allows me to invest more into other people. Mm -hmm. And someone else could see it as a waste of money to be there for five days, listen to hundreds of speakers. And, and it takes, a, it's quite a discipline to listen for 10 hours a day for five days. Yeah. And to listen to people nonstop every 15 minutes with virtually no breaks. And then at nighttime to be in these social settings that are exhausting for me. Um, but these learning opportunities, for me, it's, it's like a boa constrictor. I'm eating a giant pig in one meal that I can digest and it gives me strength for a whole year. Wow. And I feel that um, you're, you're a person probably who was always more inclined to investing in others and, and feel like you should not be investing in yourself. Yeah, I think. You, you felt that it would be wrong to invest in yourself at times. And yeah, maybe feeling guilty or maybe feeling like didn't ever want to put people through an obligation. Mm -hmm. And then you get over it. And, you, <laughs> and you know, I think you get over it because you realize like, yeah, it is that idea that you have to find mm -hmm. something bigger than yourself. Like, you see it as just building me or building you or building one other person. No, like you're right. Like you put, always put, you should always put yourself in a position where you're learning things, you're being challenged and mm -hmm. you're growing. And sometimes you get to work for people and that, that pays for your growth. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes you take the risks and like, I, I look at, I, whenever an actor, whenever I meet an actor in LA, I ask them, how long are you willing to be poor? <laughs> and, and I genuinely like that, that like determines, I think the success rate. <laughs> or the, or understanding their mental right. stability. And I do think like whenever we do brands or projects, I'm like, okay, how long can I survive on nothing to fund this and figure this out and, and pay for it? You know what I mean? Do you ever think like that? Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, I kind of look at things. That I don't really start anything with an intention to fail, <laughs> but I'm always aware that even if I do my best, I may fail. But I, I always um, feel that most people are more prepared for failure than they are for success. And that it's in the early stages of success that you have your greatest opportunity to fail because you were not prepared for success. So, you know, if you have pagan hats or pagan shirts or whatever it is, and suddenly you sell out, but you're not, you didn't really believe you would sell out. Right. And now you're three months behind in a back order and then customers are unhappy because they've ordered, but they can't get it. Yeah. Success is a, is a more crippling um, yeah. enemy at times than failure. Yeah. You, you know, and because uh, if you fail, let's say you make a, per, a certain project, project and you don't sell them out. Well, you, it, it, to me, that's research. That's learning. You're, you're yeah. figuring things out. Going, okay, we can keep, either we have to adjust the product or we have to adjust the marketing. And because maybe if the product's great, we just didn't get the message out. Yeah, you know, or maybe if, it's the pricing that's bad. Or or maybe it's, yeah, 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 there's yeah. a lot of factors. And all that to me, every failure is just you paying for your own education. You remember years ago, we went to Hawaii and shot five short films. And yeah. uh, there was a, we made a huge investment financially. And people asked me, well, you know, why are you renting a helicopter and shooting with the door and taking off? And, you know, why are you shooting underwater? And why are you doing? And I said, I was paying for my education as a director. I, want, I wanted to learn all these things. I wanted to learn how to shoot underwater. I wanted to learn how to shoot from the air. I had you on a cliff, you know. Also, we made a lot of money on that shoot. We did. I, I, I did the, the numbers on that one. Yeah, we did. We did okay. The first one, though. <laughs> the first one before that one. And I say that. I don't say that to brag. I say that because, because yes, that was college. That was university. Mm -hmm. and, we, and we made, we spent 50, 75 grand more than we would have yes. in our company. And if you don't know, we had a company 10 years ago that was doing films, commercials, all, times, all types of content. But we made that decision because there were things you wanted to try. That's right. You wanted to shoot out the back of a car. You wanted to shoot out the back of a helicopter. You wanted to shoot underwater. You wanted to work with stunt people. So I wanted to did. shoot my motorcycle going down the highways. Yeah, I wanted... we did. So we did all those things. But in the one before that, or the two before that maybe, we spent so much of the budget, we barely made any money because we <laughs> didn't know what the heck we were doing. And we were just bleeding money because what, that's what happens when you don't know how to do things and you're just paying for stuff and you're like, do I have to pay for this? Do I need to pay for this? Or do we need this many crew? Or, But then we figured it out. Right. But I always saw those things as uh, my investment in my education. Right. And, um, and I was willing to take those risks and carry that. And most of the time, um, they came out pretty well. 
you know, sometimes, you know, we, we learn how to do it better. Yeah, there's some of them, yeah. You know, yeah. But, um, but I think the whole point is risk is the greatest investment you can make in yourself. Risk is the greatest investment you can make in yourself. I'm going to write that down. Because if you, if you don't risk, you don't give yourself an opportunity to grow. And so if you avoid risk, sure, you may not lose money, but you certainly will not make money. If you don't risk, well, you won't have your identity challenged, but you certainly will not discover your potential and your capacity. Right. Risk is the, is the environment from which every opportunity comes out of, comes from. And, and, uh, and so to me, I've lived a life of risk, and that has been my investment in myself. So maybe this is interesting. This is interesting. I think we're kind of we're going somewhere here. <laughs> You've made it this far. I think this will be the part that's rewarding. <laughs> I think sometimes I am unwilling or fearful to risk on myself. That when it comes down to, if I have no problem, like I'm feel super confident spending your money. <laughs> Thanks. To help, no, but to help build you. And I'm confident yeah. that I'll find the right creative or to find the right mm -hmm. designer or find the right producer or find the right, like I, I'm always, I'm super confident in the people around me. Mm -hmm. But when it's, you know, even when we started Pagan, I was like, I want to design the first things because I really want to be that. I wanted to be Joshua Rhodes. And I, and I didn't mean it. I wasn't even thinking like that. I want to be the guy who can kind of do it all by himself. Mm-hmm. And then I was talking to Josh Rose, and I was like, yo, bro, I cannot do it all for myself. And he gave me some good insight. And I and 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 I and you're someone who doesn't ever even try to do it by themselves. No. You literally don't even like you're starting your thing and you're so much further ahead in a month. Or in, like in the six weeks you started, to the point where I like wake up and it like haunts me right now. <laughs> and I'm so frustrated because you've like gotten, I mean, like eleven pieces together. Yeah, but the first person I grabbed was you. You did, and I'm I'm building your thing for you right now. <laughs> and I and, was in your meeting for like four hours, and you and, don't even know how many times I'm like texting Mariah and saying, "Hey, do you like this or this? What do you think about this yeah. or this?" And like to me, uh, you know, you and Mariah are part of the way that I see. I see you guys as a part of my eyes, and you you know you you know you the culture. You're part of your generation. You have great taste. So what, was there a point in your life? Because I think, you know, you have a, you have a job. Like if, you, if there's anything in your job or your calling in life, mm -hmm. you're a speaker. You don't, you don't need a lot of people to speak. I mean, it would be preferable if you had people in the room. But you know, <laughs> like there's not like people on stage with you right. helping you speak. How did you become so collaborative? I mean, I think genuinely um, it's a mindset from... <laughs> it's funny, I was gonna say, an internal belief that I didn't have enough talent to succeed alone. And I don't want to say that in too negative of a way, but I think people who are prodigious when they're young, who are so talented, who yeah. are so gifted, yeah. they live with a liability because they become convinced really early on that they can do everything without anybody's help. And I never had that. I never had any natural talent that just emerged. I never had people going, oh my goodness. How do you do that, or how do you see that way? And 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 so I, I, I felt like I had a curse. I feel like I, I saw beautiful things that I wasn't capable of creating. Okay. Great outcomes I wasn't capable of achieving. Okay. And so I either had to live my life with this overwhelming sense of despair that I could never create what I see or or I do, you know, what I longed for, or I had to find the material of people with their talent and gifting and intelligence and pull them together. And over the years, I think if I were like objective, maybe I've become a more talented human being. Um, but, but my mindset never changed, you know, because the longer you live and if you do the things that you're really designed to do, you begin to realize, oh, I'm pretty good at this. You, you know, there are things I'm actually good at. And, and, I, and there are things that maybe there was some like raw material in my life and disciplined made that raw material talent. But was there ever a moment where you realized this is where I need to be the most collaborative? Um, I always feel that whenever I'm starting something from scratch, yeah. I should. I'm still going to ask you the question. Find a way to be when collaborative. When was the moment in your oh, life? Oh, when was the moment in my life? Yeah. Um, like what, what age were you when you were like, no, no, if I'm going to do other things, I need other people? That's a great question. I don't know if I've ever dissected my life like that. Um, <laughs> I think it was probably somewhere after I met Jesus. <laughs> 
So I, you thought you thought you could you were a solo act. Yeah, I I I, I, I suddenly I feel very naked, but um, I'm yeah. looking back and I'm realizing I don't know. I don't think I ever. Oh, I can tell you this: that when we were um, younger, we were playing sports. Okay, I was really good at taking. I was always the last person picked for teams, so I knew what that felt like. So when I finally became the captain of teams, I would always choose the players who were. Um, the last people chosen. Okay. And then I began working with them. But that's not about collaboration. That's actually about development. Yeah, you Dang, actually, you actually have, find you a have way a, of escape a, here. Yeah, you have a thing about you <laughs> where you always pick, and this is like uh, if, to, to our staff members, it's, I mean, to me, it's an indictment. I've always said you pick, you always, you don't pick the most talented people in the room. If anything, when people know they're talented, you're less interested in them. You always pick the person who's a bit more raw. Yes, I, I, I pick people that I think are diamonds in the rough that people only see the rough yeah yes years ago almost 20 years ago i was a part of a group of these world leaders that were you know in our 30s and we had different times where we focused on different people in the room and they did this retreat that was like this intervention with me and in the intervention they gave me two outcomes they said um, if you don't focus you will not succeed you lack focus and the second thing they told me is, you spent you spent your life investing in wannabes, and um, and you need to focus your life on high talent people. And I remember saying to them in that room because it's hard. This was a room of people I respected and admired and gave room to speak into my life. I said, I'll embrace the fact that I need focus. Yeah, uh, but I adamantly reject your input that I spend my life on wannabes. They're not wannabes, they're gonna-bees. Because, progress. because I was what you define as a wannabe. I yeah. was the person no one saw any talent in. I was the person that no one felt they should choose on their team. And I do have, I've had a mission all my life to prove that there's grade A talent in every human being. Yeah, I think it's the worst thing in the world when you peak in high school. <laughs> like you know those kids who just like they got so cool they were the star quarterback but now that they use cars it's not even bad i didn't even mean it in a bad way i mean it like you know i grew up with these kids i look back and i was the roller backpack nerd freshman year in high school i had a roller backpack it was i'm so sorry i'm not even going to tell you the color because it's so embarrassing i'm not going to tell it i don't want to tell, tell you it tell us the color this is bad already we're supposed to be authentic raw transparent it was it was pink it was pink you had a pink Backpack. Yeah, where I, were you? Wait a minute. Where were you when that was happening? I was out of the country because I would never you traveled, let you go to school. Forget, you traveled so much. <laughs> I would have never let you go to school with a pink backpack. I wore, I had a pink roller backpack. I not, wore not a sweater vest, a cutoff sweater vest with a part down the middle of my hair. And if you wanted a pink and, backpack, and, I would have supported you. But And, 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 and. <laughs> On the first day of school when they take your photos, they put my name. When you get your student ID, they put my name as Karen. I know. <laughs> Which, which looking back so at it now, is, you were the original Karen. I was the original <laughs> Karen. Karen. So imagine every day having to check into class. My name, Karen. Karen McManus. And it was no, there was no gonna be. I was gone. <laughs> I just wanted to be forgotten. I wanted to go right then and there. I wanted to leave. But I would say this, though. You pick people no one else would pick, and you make it work. Like, we're like the Mighty Ducks, I think, as an organization. You, we are like the Mighty Ducks in that, like, the Mighty Ducks maybe in, in the movie, first movie. Not when they go to the prep school in, like, the third or the fourth one, but, like, in the first one where they're, like, the renegades. and. See, I, I got to go old school and more classic. What? One of my favorite movies of all time was a movie called The Dirty Dozen. The Dirty Dozen. And I always okay. saw our staff as The Dirty Dozen. Our teams would always be the dirty dozen. We're the guys that everyone else throws away, and we're going to prove that we can do the impossible together. I like that. And that, to me, is like my life mission, and I feel like it's a part of what we're about, and I see that in you, even when you don't like it, that it's in you. It's, it is in you. Oh, it is. I think it's in all of us. We, <laughs> yeah. we, 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 we genuinely, and I think this is the, a, a real cool thing to like how we build teams and how mm -hmm. we even pick friends and how people around us, we genuinely want people who are more interested in, other things yeah and so when we when it comes to building yourself how do we know when when is enough building other people how do we know when it's like it's time it's like it's time to like 
I, I'm going to make this stand to go build myself. Yeah, I think that you build other people all your life. and But it doesn't mean that you're building other people's brands or other people's companies. Right. And I, I, I do think that, I, I mean, this is the advice I gave. You never stop building people. That's what you saying. never stop building people. Whether you're the person or whether you're a person on the person's And team. if you own the company, you have more power to build people. Hmm. See, that? that's the thing is that, but, I, but I've always said, look, if you can own what you're doing, then own it. Like if, if you can start a company and build it and create jobs for other people as a result of the risk and investment and sacrifice you make, then you should do it. Right. So I've always been for that entrepreneurial catalytic and, um, and you and your sister carry that gene. It's interesting because I look at your mom, your sister, and you, and all three of you choose to invest in people that other people wouldn't necessarily invest in. And all three of you see a part of your value as building people up. Well, I think it's because it's who we deeply resonate with. And I don't think mm -hmm. it's so much that, that no one else would. I mm -hmm. think it's mostly that it's not the obvious choices. Because right, you're choosing character over talent. Yeah. I choose, I choose yeah, loyalty, character, interest, dynamic. Passion. Passion. Um, and then you, like, meet people that you, like, maybe should have been friends with. And you're like, dang, I should have been friends with you years ago. And I don't know how this didn't happen. But with that to say, I want, I want to ask you a question. Is there anything in your life that, you're, that you feel like you're moving from in whether it's business or it's how you are as a leader or it's how you are as a builder? Because I feel like I'll start this one because I actually do feel like I'm making a change. I feel like growing up, I was always like a strategist theorist. Mm-hmm. I could help someone, like so when I was younger, someone was like following me in a parking lot. We were all walking and, and she said, do you know where you're going? And there was like a group of us, one of Mariah's friends. I said, I have no idea. She goes, I always just follow you because you walk com more confidently than the rest. <laughs> and I was like, and it, and it, but it brought something up. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, if I don't know where I'm going, I'm going to actually lead people in a, to a bad place. Yeah. And so I had this thought. I was like, okay, so sometimes I'm a theorist where I think I can, I'm able to talk about all the things we can do. I'm not actually able to physically achieve the things that we do. Mm -hmm. And some of that, of that comes with having an imagination and some of it comes with being a total coward. So now <laughs> like building, trying to build this company going, okay, I can't be a theorist anymore. We can't talk about it every yes, day. That's right. We actually have to go and do it every day. Do you feel like there's anything in your life that you're doing that now? Because I feel like I'm at, you know, I'm 32 and I'm making that adjustment. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I think that is the key growth mechanism. Um, I don't give room in my life for people who are theorists who are not on front lines. Okay. I, I think that ideas untested are worthless. You leave a lot of room for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I push you to risk. You do. And that's why I want to do an entire episode on Pagan and what you guys are doing together. And um, has anything? Ever, we don't have a sponsor for Battle Ready. No. So we're going to sponsor Pagan. We'll do it backwards. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever had a moment, and this is getting long and we'll probably chop some stuff up, but have, have you ever had a moment where things changed for you? Like were you, you know, when 50 years old, when mom, we told mom, you know, I'm not going to do what everyone expects of me anymore. I'm going to just be who I am. Mm-hmm. Do you have that moment? Do you have a moment like that where things just clicked and you're like, I'm going to go back into fashion or I'm going to go back into fashion? Like what? We're not talking about you, but yeah. we are talking about you. Yeah. What brought you back into clothing? You, you know, I, I, um, that's a really good question. I guess the way I would describe it is when there are things on your back burner and they just keep getting hotter and hotter and hotter and they just start coming to the front burner section. Yeah. You know, 10 years ago, I walked away from, you know, public... Um, expression of fashion and you know oh. was it you know ten years ago is when we kind of closed down yeah. the studios and I haven't really been involved in fashion publicly in ten years and I've done a few things just for myself but not for you know yeah I couldn't even tell you what those few things were you know and I made a suit you know different things like that yeah, you yeah. know yeah but I just kept thinking I I I want to express some ideas and uh, a part of my soul. You know, through clothing and and uh, and which is kind of ironic because you know I, I I've been you know attacked by people because of my you know sense of fashion and uh, because of my love um, for the art form of shoes and clothing and I just um, I just think there's real poetry and beauty and artistry in clothes 
And um, and I also think that so 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 what what did it? If you can say it in a sentence, what did it? The quarantine, the <laughs> pandemic, the shutting down of a nation, um, the despair people feel because they're losing their jobs and losing their futures. I wanted to create a future that feels impossible against impossible odds. I had a I had a moment where a friend looked at me and said, you know, I was telling, they asked like, what's pagan? What's this mm-hmm. hat you wear all the time? What's this thing you do? And I, I was super shy about it and super, um, super shy about it and, and not really like confident at all. And, and they looked at me and said, I hope you make so much money doing this project. I love that. And I, and it honestly was this singular moment where you've been telling me to do this for two years. Me and Matt I and mean, Eric have been talking about doing this for years, with, even with other buddies who have, who have always encouraged us. This one person sent me down going, like, I hope you make so much money that, you, like, have, that, that it changes your life. And I just had never been that confident about it. I'm like, how can a total stranger be more confident about my life than me? And that, that really shook me. And so now I'm like, okay, whatever happens, whether it's like, you know, we, we create something so successful or we create something that completely bombs I am going to be proud of it and confident in it. Yeah. And have fun doing it. Do something you love. Yeah. I I think the greatest gift in life is when you can get paid to do what you love. Because then it doesn't feel like work anymore. I agree. And it's, it's, it's a calling. It's a passion. It feels like a destiny. Yeah. So should we go and get paid to do what we love? Well, here we are doing what we love to do, but we're not being paid. No. So um, but people email and write reviews and oh, we're getting paid share it with their friends. Reward so many different ways. It is, and we're so grateful. If you were listening to this podcast, I hope you enjoyed it. It took us a while to get there, but we got there. I don't know. I think you gave us a lot of good principles for you. you how pulled to it turn out. a dream into a reality. That is Christopher Nolan's next movie. It's going to be called Extractor. <laughs> hey guys, you're extracting all of the look deep for things. Pagan, Pagan USA. Yep, and uh, and don't just look. Hit the purchase button. And you can follow This us. is my commercial. You can follow us on Instagram at PeganUSA. Also, if you were listening to the Bad Ready Podcast, thank you so, so much. Um, you can write a review on iTunes. You can listen to us on Spotify and YouTube. Wherever you are listening, wherever you are watching, we are so grateful for you. I cannot wait to get to do a podcast about your project. I'm so excited. Well, let's do it closer to Christmas. Let's do it closer to Christmas, I guess. When maybe I'll have a line coming out. Oh. Ooh. Okay. I have photos of it on my phone, and it's so cool. Okay, I got to go now. Bye. <laughs> All right, take care, guys.